What if through compassionate mindfulness and omnipresent awareness, you became instrumental in creating lasting impact? What if you surrounded yourself with people who had the same mission as you did? Welcome to Mindful Mompreneur Moments, the podcast that will provide the midlife mompreneur with a combination of mindset, mindfulness, and meditation tools. Each month, we delve into a specific theme that will allow you to take actionable steps that may just spark a little fire and get you pumped for whatever comes next. I'm Shilpa, founder of Omni Mindfulness Coaching. And I'm Tanya, founder of Zenya Coaching. In this space, we will share impactful interviews that tell compelling stories, relevant insights, and guided meditations. The stories we share through the lens of mindful entrepreneurs will resonate with you and give you an opportunity to be inspired. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. In today's conversation, as part of our season of intentional living, we dive into second acts with Rachel Demeo. Rachel is a speaker for a variety of workshops and conferences in professional development, a teacher, YouTuber, author, and so much more. She's the founder and an instructor at Belter Academy, and she is also the founder, director, and president of FLAM San Diego. She trains employees, instructors, and language professors in customized sessions, such as workshops geared towards French professors. Rachel has more than 17 years of experience in teaching and creates educational videos for students learning French and provides weekly general language learning tips on her popular YouTube channel. She has also published six books so far and has also written different articles and journals. Her transition from the traditional roles of college professor has allowed her to create her amazing courses based on her extensive research and experience. It goes without saying, Rachel is an amazing fit for our segment on Second Acts. Check out her links in the descriptions for ways to connect with her. And so without further ado, here is Rachel Demeo. Welcome, Rochelle. Again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, well, you are a wealth of knowledge. Um, so I will just jump right in with our first question. How would you say you fit in in the theme of intentional living second act? And perhaps you can elaborate and tell us about your journey from formal academics to full-blown mompreneur teaching French as a second language. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the in intentional living, I kind of um, developed just because I had a lot I wanted to do in life and I wanted to do it young. So I think that that was something that just, it was part of it was like this planning, but without too much planning, it was just um, in the back of my mind. And um, I wanted to get my education, for instance, done before I had children and a career kind of into a career before I had children. And then um, I was teaching full-time. I used to teach middle school and high school. Um, I taught 
kids are like elementary for a few years, but mostly elementary uh, or mostly middle school and high school. And then when I became a mom or when I was actually pregnant, I was just thinking of like being a stay-at-home mom. I really wanted to be there with my kids. And I wanted again to be intentional with, I think the mom thing. Cause I was like, I don't want to miss out like the first steps, the first words, the first, whatever, like, and I want them to remember that mom was there, you know? And so, um, I had decided to be a stay-at-home mom at that point. And my husband, when I was seven months pregnant, lost his job, his full-time job, which was going to be our source of income, our only source of income. And fortunately, right around that period, um, a college, a local college reached out to me and they were interested in hiring me part-time. And I was trying to figure out the logistics of it. And so I did, because it was only two afternoons a week and I could literally breastfeed my child, go teach my class for two and a half hours, come back. It was only five, 10 minutes away from my house. So I was like, you know what? It does keep a door and teaching. And um, I still get to be a lot with my, my, my child and then eventually children. And so I did that. Um, then I got hired by another college. But the good thing is that a lot, um, some of my teaching was on campus and some of it was online. So I was able to keep a foot in the door in my career, but still be um, involved with my children. And that was really important to me personally. And I'm really glad I did. But I did um, put, I think the entrepreneurial journey kind of started then without me realizing it because I was working for colleges and I was um, under someone's, working under someone, so to speak. But my time was so limited, as you moms know very well, <laughs> our time is so limited as moms. And um, so I had to do a lot of my planning, my grading, um, and the activities I'd create that I started doing at night when my kids were sleeping or napping. And it was exhausting. But my goal was that I really wanted to be the best teacher I could for my students. And I really wanted them to use the subject that I was teaching, which is my native language of French. That's what I've taught most of my life. I've also taught um, other subjects, but that's predominantly what I've taught. And so to me, it was really important that they, I did, I got students in my classroom that say, oh, I took French in high school and I forgot it. And that just would make me cringe because I'd say, no, I don't want you to lose it. I want to teach you how you can use it every day. And so I became really passionate in, in, in that journey and providing them with opportunities to use a language. So I feel like in a weird way, at that point, I was already going into a path of being an entrepreneur, but I did not realize it. I didn't count the hours that I was putting in. Um, I started creating handouts for my students to better explain what those being taught, which eventually became books I published. Um, I started doing a few YouTube videos just to explain things to my online classes because the kind of like mini lectures and whatnot. And that started off and it ended up becoming my YouTube channel. So I didn't realize I was doing all that. And then I, I really got burned out by the educational system because I put in so much time, so much effort. I was so involved and yet still trying to be present with my children. And I was also partially homeschooling for um, three years with which was really challenging because I have a child that has some learning disabilities. And um, during that time, I, um, I, I still stay at the colleges until um, two things happen. One, they um, are passing a law called the Global Initiative 2030, which entails that um, they're going to require less second language learning. So when you go to college, you might not have to take another language and programs, but they're trying to do that. So they have more dual language emerging programs for, uh, for elementary and um, secondary schools. So 
that cut off a lot of different teaching jobs from a lot of people already. So I was like, Ooh, that's not looking good. And, um, my husband also was like, you want flexibility. You could do your own thing. And, um, he kind of pushed me. So, um, almost three years ago, I was just thinking about the other day, which is still very, very new. Cause I hear it's about six, seven um, years. You have to start seeing where you're at that point. But, um, so I'm about halfway there and I'm like, knock on wood that it just keeps getting better. But, um, um, so yeah, I left the colleges I was teaching at and, um, and now I, yeah, I, I really try to be intentional in how I plan my day. Um, so I work with my children at school. They're now at school, but school ends at either one or two, depending on the day. And so I literally work when they're, um, at school and I have shifted to trying to work at night a lot less because, um, it was draining me, but I also had to do that because I was homeschooling partially. So I don't know if that answers the question, but, um, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. I mean, there's so many uh, powerful insights from just that answer and your ability to be a mompreneur from the very beginning, because I think as moms, even when we're not actually, um, have like own a business, we're mompreneurs, like we're bosses, <laughs> we're bosses in the house, yeah. like, you know, so the fact that you were able to incorporate what you love, it always starts with like a passion, right? And you had such a passion, for, you weren't even thinking, I'm going to make this into my business. And you were already giving so much value. I think if there's anything that can come out of this conversation for the people who are listening, who are mompreneurs, is that when you give value to people, they resonate so deeply with it and they want more you ended up writing books I mean and using all of this content for your YouTube channel which is an amazing YouTube channel by the way we'll put the link in the descriptions but yeah very powerful answer thank you thank you (laughs) so how would you say you incorporate any mindfulness modalities to your personal and professional life so one thing that I started that I, I didn't realize at the time that would help me out, but is um, thanks to Shilpa, when I was doing coaching with her and um, she knew how busy I was, I was going through a challenging season at home with, you know, in the middle of the pandemic and whatnot. And it, I just, my sessions with her were so refreshing. And I just learned so much that I felt like she would just always kind of tell me, like, sometimes you can just stop and take a few minutes to breathe. And she taught me different breathing exercises. And, um, and I believe in consistency because learning a language consistency is key. And so I knew that the same with any type of meditation or, um, any of that, the consistency is very important. So I've kind of made it a routine that in the morning when my alarm clock clock goes off, I'll take a few minutes and I'll be in this posture, posture that she'll Shilpa has um, taught me and I'll take a few minutes just to breathe and to just like clear my mind and start my day. And I feel that um, that has really helped a lot to start the day like that. So I appreciate Shilpa that you've um, been able to teach me that and um, allow me to um, use that as my routine because it is my part of my, my daily routine now. And um, I think that, you know, the mindfulness to me, the biggest thing is like living by example. So the mindfulness comes like if you're passionate about something, you it's all around you. So like with me, um, for instance, like being a French instructor, it was for me normal, but also like um, a huge priority for my children to be raised bilingual. So to me, like what I did in the classroom also was things that I was doing at the house. And since I do live in the United States, even if French is my native language, I do things to keep up with my native language. And so I would 
to watch movies at home that I could share with my students. My kids do everything in French at home. So those are things that I could tell my students like, hey, pass my classroom. These are things that you need to do. So it's just, I think the mindfulness comes more in terms of um, what are you doing yourself to reflect on how you can lead others and give that value to other people. And then providing examples of like, oh, I was able to use this, 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 and this way, you know, I was able to use this language with a client or this open, this opportunity and giving those stories and being mindful, like what kind of value those stories will give your clients or customers or students, whoever, you know, you work with is important. You know, it's interesting, Rochelle, that you maybe unconsciously were already living an intentional life because I hear you say, I wanted to be more present for my children and that you took that extra effort to be more present for your students as well. Um, Mm -hmm. That led you to the entrepreneurial path, but I feel like you were already there. Um, That kind of is a nice segue from my next question. Any insights you can give to our audience on how to live with intention and authenticity? I feel like you embody those qualities. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I, I do believe in being authentic and I think it's, it's hard because you feel vulnerable and that's normal, but I feel like sometimes it is important to share our struggles. And it, even if, depending on where you're at, sometimes it's, it's hard. Cause it's like, on one hand, you want to lead by example, but then you're also sharing your struggles. But I feel that, um, especially in today's society where it tries to be so picture perfect and it tries to be so, um, having everything together. So while sometimes it's good to be like, oh, I had such a bad day or I had, you know, whatever. And so being authentic to me, that is a part of it. He's so cute. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, so I think that's a, that, that's a part of it. And I think um, the second part was um, you're saying, well, the mean mindful, right? Or that was the first part. Um, so like for me, I think it's just Sometimes I literally have to pause throughout the day and I tell, for instance, like with my students, one way to be mindful, for instance, with using French, like I'm, I'm, I'll use it in that context is that I tell my students literally put reminders on your phone throughout the day, do something in French, like whatever it is, like you're, you know, playing Duolingo, you're listening to a podcast, maybe, you know, maybe you'll be, you know, French people listen to your podcast to listen to, you know, hear it in English or listening to a song or the news or just doing something. And so if you put yourself little reminders at first, that sets the habit to be mindful because we're, some people are just not necessarily mindful, but it's not the bad thing. It's just that they don't, they haven't thought of it necessarily, or they're not guided. And so I think that if you put reminders on your phone, it automatically, usually most people keep their phone with them, you know? And so if you put them at moments of the day where you know that you are usually free, then you can do whatever it is. I think with the same would apply with meditation or, you know, at first I put myself a reminder on my phone to start out my day. Okay. Start with a little meditation. And, um, because that wasn't my habit. And so, and I knew that I wouldn't be thinking of it. And if we think of it once, that's great, but to make it an actual habit, to be mindful of it after a while, you stop having to necessarily do that. I don't have a a reminder on my phone now to like meditate in the morning because it's become a habit, but at first that does help people who main, otherwise I don't know how you can be really mindful with that. I mean, as a parent, I didn't necessarily put reminders, but I just knew like I'm working when the kids are sleeping or at school. And that was kind of it. Does that answer your question or? Yes, absolutely. Spot on. And even in terms of like being a coach, um, you were saying being authentic, there are struggles, 
That's mm-hmm. absolutely real because even from my perspective, there are days where I have to go back to what I call my little geeky spreadsheet and say, okay, did I do this? Did I do that? Because when the struggle is real, you need those reminders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes one thing I've realized is that um, I heard a quote was like, the loneliest is at the top. And I don't think it means like the top, well, it couldn't mean maybe the top of a position, but I think sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, you, I always have like a day or two in a week where I feel very discouraged. And it, usually it's a Monday or a Tuesday. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the beginning, beginning of the week, I'm not like, it's just different. But um, I feel like you, you have to look at the small little things that you do instead of being comparing to other people or being like, oh, so only so many people listen to my podcast. Only so many people watch my YouTube video. You have to say, wow, there was 15 people that were interested enough to listen to this and to get value out of what I shared. And so, and sometimes it's like only years later that that only increases. So it's important to support one another as entrepreneur moms, especially because we have so much on our plate. I don't think that um, husbands often realize how much we have going on because our mind's always going on everything under the sun. So being mindful of like, how do I organize this? What is this going to look like in the bigger picture? That's like a huge thing to me is like, what's the bigger picture? What is this going to be in five years? How are my kids going to turn out in five years? So managing kind of both, I think is, is, is a lot of work, but I think it's doable. Yeah. And I think you, you, you gave some really powerful insights there. And in terms of using technology, the technology that we have, we can be uh, very detrimental to some people, but it can be a lifesaver as well when you use it correctly and being able to give ourselves reminders. um, It's, it's like a great thing. And then telling our audience not to be hard on yourself and just kind of, you know, don't worry about what other people doing or, or saying or doing why are you doing what you're doing? And, you know, you'll have those days that are a bit more down, but uh, once you remind yourself of that, it's, it's a pretty powerful tool. One thing I've learned, like even just recently, and it's, it's just, it's been kind of new, but um, cause I, I just, I stopped looking at numbers and it's hard for me. Cause I'm very much like a facts information kind of person. And like, well, I want to know the end result, but I just stopped because it's, I feel like it, it, it can be discouraging if, if you're like, especially if you're comparing or whatever, you're like, well, I know I have good value. I know I have content that people have appreciated, but it was in the college setting, for instance, like I'm like, oh, like when I taught at the college, every single class, I would always have at least one student that'd be like, I loved activities. I had so much fun. I learned so much. Oh, the way you explained it finally made sense to me. And I would get that feedback every day with what I do now. I don't, I don't get that. I don't necessarily get like people commenting or people giving me always thumbs up. I mean, I, I get positive, a lot more positive than I ever get negative, but it's not that, that everyday thing that I can like almost expect. I'm like, Ooh, I planned this nice activity for my students. They're going to love it. And then they're going to tell me how much they enjoyed it, how much they learned. So it's not like that, but sometimes you have to say, it doesn't matter. You know, you already know like what you can do and you know what you're good at right? because people around you tell you. So then you just kind of go with that. And then I'm, I'm literally compiling a little, um, like a little folder where I'm going to start putting all the positive comments I get, any feedback, and I'm just going to keep it so that I can reread it. And I think that we forget to do that because we get a positive, whatever it is. And then we're like, oh, good. And we're excited. And then we forget. That's an amazing idea, actually. You know, Rochelle, one of my favorite uh, co-students in my graduate program 
Uh, she was considered a prodigy and just had beautiful ideas. And that is one of the things she suggested. Like I remember publishing my first paper and getting some comments and feedback. She said, put it on the wall and um, every few days, weeks or months, um, something else will happen. And when you are having a day when it's a down day, look at it. But you know, to your point, Rochelle, when you were talking about being lonely at the top, that is the, um, why we created this particular podcast, the second act, and for mothers and mompreneurs, because we are a tribe that is, we're here to support each other, but also sharing our stories makes it more powerful for each of us. Yeah, absolutely. The, the whole point of the whole podcast, right, is to empower women like you who are, who are doing the right thing, right? You're, you're sharing what is the most passionate for you and you, you believe in it so deeply. So it's not for nothing. You're here with us. And we, we hope that everyone listening um, can at least get that out of it as well, that we are empowering each other through our stories. And just to wrap up, one of the things I'd like to have you do a shout out, Rochelle, mention the name of your academy so others can now uh, yeah. find you. Yeah, absolutely. So people that are interested in learning French or that are interested in knowing how to raise children that are um, bilingual, multilingual and get the resources to do that. Um, I have an academy called Beltaire Academy and students take these courses at their own pace. So there's no pressure on when they can get done or whatever it is. And I provide different resources so that it helps them know how to learn, like based on their personality, based on their learning style, based on the habits that they have and they can create. So yeah, those are the, that's the, um, that's where I teach now. And then on, I do YouTube, which is just my name, Rochelle DeMeo. Um, and then my books are most, I have six books I've published so far. They're on Amazon. And otherwise I do speak in engagements. And what's funny is that now the colleges, they're the ones who contact me to do a lot of these conferences and provide resources for a lot of professors that, you know, sometimes may need some resources for their classrooms, but it's fun. I don't, I don't do conferences as much as I do everything else. That's what I do the least. But, um, and then last year I opened up a, um, it's an after school program that provides um, French classes for French speaking kids. So like kids that already speak French to kind of continue in their learning so that they don't just speak it, but they can read it, write it at a level that's like coherent to being pretty much in school in France. We started a program for those children. And so last year we started with about 30 kids. We have about 40 in our program. We had a great dinner with our team yesterday. I have a great team. The teachers I've hired are extremely passionate and gifted. So it's weird because now I'm like on the administrative side of this, this specific job, instead of being like in the teaching side. So I'm like, Oh, this is a whole different ball game, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun too. That is wonderful. And I, I read your book about raising uh, multi, uh, multilingual children. And I aspire to <laughs> infuse some more skills in my son, which has been challenging, but I, I definitely want to, given that I also speak another language. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just a little exposure. The little exposure just helps motivate them in the future. Because like my dad, I didn't learn Italian, for instance, until I was a teen and I took it in school. But my dad gave me enough motivation for me to want to. He just exposed me sufficiently so that later on it was something I took on myself because my dad didn't really speak it much. So sometimes it just planting those seeds that makes that child more well-rounded and more motivated to want to learn language in the long run. 
So sorry, I can get go off on that because I'm just so passionate about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, you're speaking to the right people, too, because as you know, my children speak French, both French and English. And my father mm. spoke seven languages. I was kind of upset that he didn't teach us Spanish or Italian. But anyways, that's another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, just the power of being able to communicate with people in different languages and the reach that you can get by um, being able to speak uh, different languages. It's, it's huge. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. Thank yes, um, it's, it's been an honor, Rochelle. Thank you for being oh, here and sharing you. your passion, oh. sharing your, your passion with mompreneurs who will benefit from this knowledge. Yes, thank you so much, Rachel. I appreciate it. I appreciate being here and learning from you guys as well. You guys teach me a lot. <laughs> thank you. Well, have a great day. Thank you. You do too. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. These episodes are intended to be of great value to you, and so we hope you truly receive something out of this one. And if you did, don't hesitate to spread the love, leave us a review, comment, share with one or two people who may resonate with the content, and please visit MindfulMompreneurMoments.com for some inspiring content. And continue to live with omnipresent awareness and compassionate mindfulness.